Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my NBA teammates and NBA legends. And this guy here is a little bit of both. He's a, he's a teammate and he's a legend in his own mind, as well as mine. Um, everybody, I'm going to read a little bit of his bio before we get started. Lon Rosen. Rosen graduated from the University of Southern California in 81. While studying at USC, he interned with the Los Angeles Lakers and the LA Kings in 1980. And I'm going to leave it there because my story picks up with Lon where he and I, because I was on the Lakers in 1979, was hurt. And we met actually in 79. We used to stand behind the curtains at the forum. And I used to tell him, I said, you know what, Lon? I'm going to be somebody out there on that court one day. And he used to tell me, Coop, I'm going to own this joint. And sure enough, Lon Rosen just about owned the forum, ran everything uh, at the forum, knew everybody. But, you know, we have our, our, in our journey in life, we have trials and tribulations, and I have had mine. And I am just glad to say that this guy has always been there for me. He's been a friend to the end, a uh, big mentor, uh, always has, he never left my side. Uh, but he was always a friend. Everybody introducing Lon Rosen. Lon, how are you doing, sir? Thank you for that great introduction, Michael. And it's absolutely true. Um, before Michael uh, really made it on the Lakers, he was basically on the injured list most of the, of the first season. And there was this tall, skinny guy standing there with another tall, skinny guy. And I, he used to tell me, I'm going to be on the Lakers one day. I'm going to be starring for the Lakers. And I believed him. And for sure, he started. He he started for the Lakers. Without Michael Cooper, you wouldn't see those five championship rings in the '80s. That's for sure. And everybody, he I haven't paid him a dime to say that. I, I would like to feel he's a friend. Anyway, Lon, let's get right to it. Did you ever play sports? I did. I played a lot of sports. I played all the way up through high school. Unfortunately, due to lots of injuries, I never went to the next level. What sport did you play? I can't see you playing a sport. Michael, your, your memory is not there anymore. Every so often, your coach would throw me into a, a practice when there was short guys, and you guys would kick the crap out of me. I also worked out quite a bit with one of your teammates. He was a point guard for the team in the summer. Um, so, yes, I did play sports, Michael. How do you think I'm in this type of shape now at this advanced age? But a good living and a beautiful wife to keep you in, and keep you right. And a dog barking in the background. I apologize. That's okay. That. We're going to let you slide on that one. Uh, Lon, tell us, what was it like growing up for you in your early years? You, you're from Los Angeles, right? Right. I, ha I had a great childhood. I, I grew up, went to high school here in Los Angeles. I actually was born on the East Coast. I was born in New York. And my family moved here before high school. Went to high school at Birmingham High School and then attended the finest university in the land, USC. I know, um, baby. That's right. And uh, was lucky enough to become an intern for the Lakers. And uh, Jerry Buss was smart enough to hire me before I graduated. And uh, the rest has been history. The interesting thing about me being an intern for the Lakers is back then, there was very few people work for the Lakers. So the interns actually did real jobs. So my first, the first two years that Jerry Buss owned the Lakers, which was 1979 and 80, I was an intern, but I was very involved with the team, involved with the players, and it was just a great learning experience for me and got to know all the players. We're basically all the same age, so now we're both the same age but a bit older. Oh, listen, Lon, during all that experience that you had an opportunity to have, you began working at the, with Magic's personal, Magic's personal agent in 85. Lon started his own company, First Team Marketing. 
didn't even have me as a client, but he had two people better than me. He had Magic Johnson and Jerry West. Lon went on to, to help the Guggenheim, tell me if I'm wrong with this, Guggenheim partners in acquiring the Dodgers in 2012. So you've had a spectacular career, Lon. A lot of people like to be on the inside, but you were the ruler on the outside. Well, uh, I actually started to become, I became Urban's agent in, in 1987. I left the Lakers in 1987 and, and, and I immediately began to be Urban's agent, which was a pretty exciting thing for me. And I was able to build a business. And Michael, I did work for you for many years as an agent doing different deals for you, coaching deals. See, you're forgetting things over the years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I've had one of the most storied careers of uh, a non-athlete you can imagine to be involved in sports, the level I've been in. And I really owe it all back to my days working for the Lakers. I was so fortunate really to work with a great, a great front office, but really great players. Um, I know that you guys have had many podcasts, but um, this was the greatest bunch of players you can ever be around. Um, they were friends with each other. They were friends with some of us. And more importantly, they kicked butt on the court. And it was a real brotherhood. Pat Riley kept this team together and he kept it as a family. He didn't let the outside, the outside forces penetrate. And uh, it was a really special time for me to really be part of that. I, I, I even found, let's see if I can find this thing. Oh, all right, all right, it. all right now. Keep all going, right. no, I'm not, keep going. It's not what you think it is. Keep going, oh, I can't find it. Never mind. go on. So how did you- Looking for a how, ring I had here. How did you transition from ring. working for the Lakers to being Irvin's agent? Hey, sports fans. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pros and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their open day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champs, Buccaneers, and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wages will be refunded up to $25. For new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. How'd you transition from working for the Lakers to being Irvin's agent? Well, I was, uh, I was very close to Irvin through his playing days. And um, we had started to discuss me leaving the Lakers and becoming his agent. Um, Irvin was, you know, one of the top players, if not the top player in the league. It was Irvin, it was Larry Bird, and it was this guy coming up named Michael Jordan. And, uh, you know, after two or three years of really discussing it, I decided to leave the Lakers and, and become his agent. Look, how hard could it be to become Magic Johnson's agent? He was at the top of his game. We did a lot of deals. Um, I learned quite a bit from him and still do every day. And I, I can't say the rest is history because we're still living it. Um, it was a, a incredible opportunity for me, and I, I always thank him for that opportunity because without him, I'm not sure my career would be at the same level. Well, how does one go about handling some of the big wigs and some of the big things you've been able to do financially uh, for other players uh, to sit in a boardroom and, and consult and, and match wits with some of the top people in the business industry? Well, you really got to learn about the business. You can't just hear about it. You really got to become a student of it. 
And I learned as much as I can from as many people as I could. Jerry Buss was a mentor of mine. He taught me quite a bit. Um, I had others. I had Michael Ovitz who taught me a lot. A lot of uh, David Stern taught me a lot. I had a, I was very fortunate to be introduced to many, many business leaders early on in my career. And I was like a sponge. I learned as much as I could from each one of them and develop relationships. And really the business that I'm in is about relationships. You need to know people, you need to get along with people. And then you actually have to follow through and do your job properly. You, you can't be lazy because these are pretty high profile individuals you're working with and companies you're working with and you really have to do the job. But I think it's all about, it, it really comes down to relationships. I mean, if you, you know, we joke about it, but I've known Michael Cooper since 1978 and I might not see him for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and we can pick it up from the exact same spot as we were last time which is all about relationships. And that's, that's the exciting part of my life to be able to have these types of relationships. What are some of the hey. prevailing things that you learned from Dr. Buss that you still remember to this day? You know, Jerry Buss learned about everybody else's business as much as his. If you were negotiating with a player, if you were negotiating with a company, he would learn as much as he could about that company or as much about that player. Now, when it came to players, he watched all the games, so he knows all that's going on. And Jerry Buss was very involved with the deals that involved the players, the coaches, and things like that. Um, he just became an expert in every field he could, and that's really what you need to do. You need to, be, you need to continue to be a student. You need to continue to learn throughout your life. You can't just go to school and then think it's going to stop there. We're always learning. We're always taking in more information. Yeah. Hey, we got Lon Rosen on Showtime with Coop. We only have him for a little bit. So we're going to get to a main subject that I like to, to talk about, and that's called Coop's Lightning Round, Lon. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you six names, and you can tell me as much as you want about that person, okay? First will the one, last Jeannie one be I want to know, will the last one be Coop? <laughs> no, I'm not included. <laughs> Jeannie Buss. <laughs> Uh, Jeannie Buss is a very close friend of mine. I, uh, I basically grew up with Jeannie. Uh, we grew up in the Laker front office. Uh, we remain friends to this day. Like her father, she learned as much as she could, and she's doing an incredible job running the Lakers, and the proof is they won a championship last season. Not last season, season before. I agree with that. Uh, Jerry West. Jerry West is a maestro. If you think about it, this is a guy that excelled on the court and off the court. Um, he's been able to build winners. And he is a winner. Dr. Buss. Genius. I can just put it there. Genius. This guy invented modern day sports business the way it is today. Um, from the way you entertain the fans in the arenas and stadiums to the way you, you run the team and pick the players and run every part of it. Um, he was the first team owner to have an RSN. It was called Prime Ticket. He was way, way, way ahead of his time. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar the best. Um, you know, in this day, unfortunately, Kareem gets overlooked. I think every generation of players, players forget. There was nobody, nobody back then or nobody today that was able to stop that shot, that shot that's right behind Michael. Um, he's a highly intelligent human being. He was a great teammate, a great player. There's nobody like him on ever to play the game. Uh, I got two more names for you, Lon, but right now I want to go into a little thing where there was an incident where we were messing with Kareem for his birthday, and Lon wants to tell this story because Kareem systematically got each and every one of us back. We cut up his jeans and really just, because he used to wear jeans and his UCLA jacket, but how he got me back was how, Lon? 
Well, you know, Kareem was the ultimate. Uh, I mean, he played jokes on everybody. You couldn't do it back on him. And, and Michael made mention of it when his jeans were cut up. He stormed out of the, uh, the arena. But we were once on a flight. I don't know where we were flying to. And Michael actually had hair back then. Uh, and Kareem didn't. Um, he was actually starting to lose his hair. And back then, Kareem would use Nair to, you know, get whatever was left on his head off. Well, Coop was sleeping. And Kareem went up to Coop while he was fast asleep and kind of took a piece of his eyebrow out with Nair and a piece of hair in the middle of his head. And Coop, you know, jumped up screaming because it was burning. And there it was, Coop without some eyebrow and some hair. It, it was great. But those are the types of things that, that kept everybody loose and kept everybody engaged and was fun. But nobody would expect that from Kareem. I mean, he was a great practical joker, but no way you can do it back to him. Oh, and have you messed back? I haven't messed with that guy since, man. I don't fuck with Kareem at all. I'm very, very nice to him. Wait, Lon, did he get you back? Oh, Kareem always got me back. We once made a wager. Uh, I went to USC. He went to UCLA. So every time we would, there would be a basketball game or a football game, we'd make a bet. And, you know, I was making like 18 cents back then, and Kareem was, you know, making whatever. And we would bet like $100. And I would like pray, please don't lose, because, you know, that was like, my whole week's salary or something like that. Well, USC kept losing. I'm like, I lost like three, four in a row. And it got to be, I think it was a football, a basketball game of all things. And USC finally won. <clears throat> and Kareem goes in my office and dumps a hundred dollars worth of pennies on my desk. <laughs> that's, the, that, that's one of the things he did to me, did many other things, but uh, those are the ones, that one I can talk about. <laughs> All right, Lon, back to our list. Uh, Pat Riley. Savoir faire. Who, who, who did more than Pat Riley to keep our lives in order? Pat had, I guess you can call, it, call him a control freak. There's nothing he would not control in that environment within the team. He controlled every single bit of it to make this team win. He protected everybody from the outside world, maybe sometimes too much, but it worked. And he really kept everybody, you know, focused to win this champ to win championships. He was the most prepared guy and still is of anybody I've ever met. And again, he's another guy I learned a lot of lessons from to be prepared. Last but not least, the Forum Club. It was a very fun place to be. It was <laughs> a place to be. Leave it, it there, really was like It was like Studio 54 on the West Coast. Um, not everybody got in there, but once you got in there, it was a very, Ooh. it was a great experience. And um, what happened in the Forum Club stayed in the Forum Club. It was sort of like Vegas now. It just stayed there. Uh, but it was really a great experience. And, and you know, there's been people that have talked about making movies about it and this and that. But I think the folks that talked about it, we all decided, let's keep whatever happened in the Forum Club in the Forum Club. It was all good fun. My lips are sealed, Lon. You're listening to Lon Rosen <laughs> uh, uh, here on Showtime with Coop. Uh, real quick, Lon, last couple of questions. Which Laker team would you consider the best all time? That's a really hard question, Michael. You know, every team had their strengths and some had weaknesses. But I, I, I got to look at the 1985 team and probably say that was the best team. Everything sort of gelled together. And after losing in 84 to the Celtics to come back and smack them and beat them on that you know, in Boston was pretty incredible. Um, you know, it, it was 1985. You think about it. 
we went to see the president. And the way we set it up is about two or three days before we thought we were going to win. I called the White House and said, hey, I'm Lon Rosen from the Lakers. I spoke to someone. Next thing we know, we're on a plane the next morning and we fly to Washington, D.C. We get off the plane. We go meet the president and then we fly home. Mike, do you remember one of those flights to uh, Washington, D.C.? It was a fun flight for you. No, I think very, a lot of people got fine. sick. Yeah, it was a great flight. I mean, it was a little commuter flight. And there's a, back then, the Lakers used to fly commercial. Can you imagine the look on everyone's face in the airport when this team came, you know, into the airport every time? Fantastic. Lon, you know what? We talk about Boston on this show a lot. Uh, and I know you had a personal relationship with Larry and Magic. I know at one point in time, there was always that grudge there. But when did they start kind of like letting that go and truly became friends? You know, it evolved over the years. They, 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 they shot a commercial, I think it was in 1984, 1985, in French Lick. It was for, it was for Converse, and it sort of broke the, the barriers they had against, uh, against each other. You know, they, they played against each other in college. They played against each other. They played together in a college tournament. They were so similar but so different, but really are so connected at the hip. Um, Larry's an amazing guy. You know, Larry looks like a guy that doesn't say too much on the court. And Michael will tell you he was a pretty good smack talker. The things that came out of his mouth would amaze people. But I know Larry Bird really well. And he'll tell me to this day, the guy that played him tougher than anybody else is scoop loop down there. You know, he had to be ready to play. But I will tell you a, a story that now Magic has told me, and I've heard this many times. Magic was out in one of the Boston Celtic games in a regular season game, and he was on the sidelines before the game in the street closed. And Larry walked up there and said, Magic, just sit back. I'm going to score 40 tonight. He scored 42. But um, it might have been a game that, it might have been a game that Coop wasn't, a, wasn't as focused on, but Michael was able to shut Larry down quite a bit. But they were great battles. They were such epic, historic battles. It was just great for me to be part of it from a little bit on the sidelines, but really part of it. How much did that of, uh, wisdom there, Lon? Uh, go on. Go ahead, Ari. <laughs> no, I mean, how much? I mean, you think about, obviously, it paved the way for the NBA, you know, Magic and Larry. But, I mean, how much did it also kind of change sports television, too? I mean, think about how much, you know, the subplots of what draw audiences into, into sports television. It seems like so much of the landscape of sports television changed with them, too. You know, it had a little bit of everything. You know, it was East Coast, West Coast. There was obviously Black, White. There was the college battle, but in a way it sort of helped bring people together. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Larry Bird really helped with that quite a bit. You know, Boston, it's changed quite a bit, but back then it was a very difficult place for, you know, a number of our players to be at. I mean, there was a lot of racism and guys had to put up with a lot of, a lot of stuff. I mean, it, it was very difficult and Larry didn't like that. Larry didn't take that crap. And, you know, Larry did a lot to try to change that. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he's really a really special guy, Larry Bird. Uh, he, he was such an incredible player. And again, as the generations go on, people sort of forget how great he is. But if anybody looks back and looks at the way Larry Bird played, he was pretty doggone good. I'll tell you that. Well, you know what? Don't fall in love with the guy. Remember, you're a Laker at heart now, okay? You're starting oh, to kiss I'm, this I'm guy. He's a Lakers. Celtic fan. On, Remember, here, keep here, that finger there, going. There's a Laker. There's a Laker. Hey, wow. Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay. That's not the one I was going to show you. That's a big ring. Well, you're back on our team now, okay? Uh, you know, last the couple Boston questions. Celtic, I think someone took my ring that was sitting right over here. Too bad. <laughs> what else? 
anyhow, all right, this um, is why I love this guy. This is why I love this guy here. Uh, Lon, what, what do you think of the state of the NBA today? I think it's an exciting game. Um, I really like the players. Um, I think the style of the game has changed quite a bit, but it changes every generation. You know, it used to be an inside game. Now it's an outside game. Um, I'm sure it's going to evolve back more towards an inside game in time. But, you know, to see what a Steph Curry or some of these guys can do with that three-point line is pretty amazing. But then to see, you know, be able to experience LeBron James here in Los Angeles. I mean, he's a pretty incredible ball player at this age to still do it at this level. Um, he's really revolutionized the game in a, in a different way than we're used to. And it's really exciting basketball. I, I do need to tell one more Michael Cooper story. You know, Michael Cooper was one of the greatest dunkers of all time. Do you all remember that? Of course he was. You know, the alley-oop was really the alley-coop. I mean, it was just known for it. Well, the NBA brought the slam dunk contest back in 1984 to Denver. And I was working for the Lakers, and the league called me and said, we'd love to have Michael Cooper in the slam dunk contest. And Cooper was like, I'm in. I'll do it. It was Michael Cooper, Larry Nance, Dr. J. It was just, but it was Coop. And, I, you know, we're all there rooting for Coop. He missed every dunk. <laughs> it was like, we, we were like in a state of shock. The guy was so nervous. His hands were soaking wet. Is that a true story, Michael? Very true. I, I was so nervous there. You're some of the best dunkers. Uh, David Thompson, I think, was in that draw too, man. That's some great dunkers, but uh, thank you, Lon, for embarrassing me on my own show. But I still love you, and I'm not going to have any problems with that. Uh, Lon, you know what? We talk about the, the GOAT, the greatest of all time player. And I know it's a question because if you ask anybody, you're going to always get a certain one. I think GOATs are in decades as opposed to longevity as far as every, every uh, year in the NBA. Right now, in your eyes, who would you consider the greatest of all time player, basketball player? You know, it, it's such a hard, hard pick. Um, and I think you, you really, the best way to do it is do it by decades um, or generations of players. Um, you know, what Bill Russell did in the 50s and 60s and Will Chamberlain, you sort of can't compare it to anything else. Uh, what Jerry West did, what Oscar Robertson did, what Elgin Baylor did. Um, and then Kareem picked it up. And then it was magic. And then you had this guy, Michael Jordan. And you had Kobe Bryant and you had LeBron James. Um, but I think if you had to sort of point to one guy, I think probably Michael sort of is a, just a beatsy, beatsy better than anybody else. But it's, it's really close. Um, you know, why NBA is that athletes, to you? Why is he huh? just a little bit better than everybody else? You know, I think he was able to evolve the game of basketball, his game, more than anybody else I've ever seen. You know, early on in his career, people say, oh, he's not a winner. He doesn't get everybody else involved. You were able to see in that showtime, in that show, um, The Last Dance, he got everybody involved, yeah. and he was on it. He was focused. He was focused. Again, I got to be around the Laker players. I got to be around Magic quite a bit. And he had that same kind of focus to make sure that his everybody else in the team was going to play to their top. And when they didn't, he'd get on them the same way that, you know, Urban would get on people. Um, I just think that he was he's probably that little little step above everybody else. But again, I don't think it's really fair to do it that way. I think the best way is to compare it by eras because, you know, what Bill Russell did was pretty amazing. He had to put up with stuff on the court and off the court. Yeah. And to excel the way he did and win as many, no one won more championships than Bill Russell. 
So I, I, I think it's a, it's a hard, it, it's really hard to decide who the best is. But if I, if someone held a gun to me, I'd have to say Michael Jordan. All right, Lon. Hey, before we let you get out of here, Lon, you work with the Dodgers. Dodgers are tied for the top team in the West. Are they going to win a championship this year? Of course, we're going to win the World Series this year. We have a great team. We're, uh, we've got great pitching. We've got great hitting. Um, we're playing San Francisco now. Um, I expect to take the lead and, uh, you know, keep going. Baseball is a much different sport than basketball. Takes a lot of players, and you got to have some great pitching. But um, we put together a, a really excellent team. And, you know, one of your teammates was at, at, at the stadium the other day, um, Byron Scott. I got to spend some time with Baby B, and uh, he met some of the players and hung out, and we're waiting for uh, Scoopaloop Loop to come back because they always love meeting Michael Cooper. Oh, I'm going to have my dog. You know how I come, Lon. I always like that. I'm trying to make a way. There you got it, everybody. Lon Rosen, my friend, a friend to the end, a mentor, buddy, former, uh, just everything. Lon, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you for having me and love you, Michael. Stay Michael. (laughs) Do that. Thanks, Lon. Bye. Take care.